Hello, Reese. Are you ready to? Are you ready to have this book explained to you by three, three acolytes of the Bobanomicon? Listen, my friends. Mm -hmm. In the heat of the moment, if I lose my shit, start screaming at you guys. Right. Uh, for the slurs. Exactly. Uh, just know that I'm not responsible for that. It's just I was possessed by Bob. <laughs> all right, you get a this... free pass on all the slurs. God, no, this is going to be a lost episode. This is going to be like this is no this this is going to be like the Ring. It's going to be the podcast equivalent of the Ring. Like people listen to this episode and then like their phone rings and they pick it up and it's Bob Chipman and he tells them that they did a no growth. If we if we have two Vigatrato movie Bob lost episodes, that would be amazing. <laughs> All right, I claim the position of master of ceremonies for this episode, just because I feel yeah. it's my I I am mostly Your to blame. Fault, yeah, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, we update from that. Sorry, y'all. I've been working 50-plus hour weeks making beer, reading Robert's book during work. Cooldown made my day like 90% more stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I did suffer with you reading the book written like a Reddit post. <laughs> too tired to hoot and holler. Uh, Good night, sweet prince. The Reading the book took everything out of him. He's, he's never been the same. This is the first confirmed casualty from this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth, Book Club Edition. Yes, that's right, <laughs> folks. We've finally gone and done it. We have read through um, almost all 200 pages of Robert Chipman's masterpiece, Super Mario Brothers 3 Brick by Brick by Bob Chipman. What inspired this? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think it was probably something to do with Bob Chipman saying that an entire group of people needs to die. That's usually what he gets in trouble for. But anyway, I, I'm Alton, your host, and with me as always is Reese. Hello. And Kay. I will never be free from the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us once again to discuss his local cryptid is Conky. <laughs> Uh, it's me. I'm here again. Least requested uh, host on Patreon ever. I've seen all the comments. I've uh, read all the posts. And uh, fuck you. I'm back, despite your best efforts. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> well, you're the only one who, among us who has actually has actually met Bob Chipman in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. He is kind of like a local cryptid. I've seen him like five or six times just wandering around the city, like in a fugue state. I actually didn't know that about you. I didn't know we were having a, an expert on with field experience. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a, I have a photo of me with him um, at the Women's March from uh, 2016. Oh my god! <laughs> Conky is our Boston correspondent, so all <laughs> movie Bob and Elizabeth Warren related episodes. Oh my god! Uh, we have to have him on. <laughs> yeah, well, I I have a personal vendetta against Bob for like very different reasons like the eugenics shit like that's totally fine with me uh, <laughs> i agree you know nuke middle america but the problem with me is that right. he claims to be from boston when he is in fact from revere which is not boston the greatest crime oh. that anyone can possibly commit so this is this is big this is a big lore development 
Stay the fuck on the blue line, Bob. <laughs> we had like multiple other people reading this book for our, our book club, but unfortunately they couldn't make it. So, RIP. Let, let me. Because the book killed them. Let me share my perspective where I, I've had to step away from online a bit recently. Um, and so, you know, every day or two, I, I just open up Discord to see what's happening. And they see our local movie bop chat has like 700,000 posts. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? And it's gone from whatever stupid thing he posted recently, which I don't even remember now. No, me neither. To, to, to Alton getting everybody psyched up to read, what's this book called? Brick by Brick? <laughs> Super Mario yeah. Brothers 3, Brick by Brick. The levels, the enemies, the history, the greatest game ever made. And let me tell you, that name, that name, <laughs> it's, it's an accurate depiction of, of what would follow. Exactly. Yeah, just like the greatest game ever made, this is the greatest book ever written. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So like I said, I've stepped away for a couple weeks because I'm playing through uh, an entire uh, Ubisoft open world game, and that's taking hundreds of hours of my time. Um, and so I have not read this at all. Uh, <laughs> I got Reese in here to get some fresh perspective because, like, obviously, our reaction to the things in the book will not be as intense as, like, our first time reading through it, is my thinking. So we've got Reese here, who is uh, Tabula Rasa, a blank slate for which we can write <laughs> upon the eldritch <laughs> ruins of Bob Chipman's life in a way that I think will be very, very interesting. I am a turmoil of emotions right now. I have no idea what's going to happen, and I, I might get IRL upset. We'll see. All right, so before we get started, I just want to get what was everyone's general opinion of the book? How did, how did you guys like it? I will read the very first note in my Google document uh, right. called Thoughts on Bib's Book. Um, the, the very first thing I wrote was, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty, unless you have something else to add, I think that's, that's a pretty good summary. Okay. What did you think? Um, this book for me embodies everything that is wrong with, uh, media criticism. I guess there is a, right. a, there is a bit. I, I don't remember exactly where it probably like in the introduction where he refers to the book to follow as a deep analysis mm -hmm. of the game. Oh yeah. Um, and it, it's not, it's like a very long drawn out description of it. And yes. if you look at like movie and game story anal analysis and quotes on like YouTube and shit, that's what like 90% of it is. It's just like, I'm just going to tell you the things that happened. Right. And, um, I don't know. I feel like Movie Bob has been a trendsetter in a lot of ways we haven't given him credit for, like really bad um, <laughs> media analysis. <laughs> right. So, uh, to give people an idea of how this book is structured, basically, Bob Chipman, he has like the four parts. He has like a brief history of Mario, which is part one. Then he has part two, My Life in the Mushroom Kingdom, which is sort of like a, a autobiographical. And then part three is like a description of the game, which is very weird, kind of, um, that's the place where I have like the least amount of bookmarks in, just because it's very dry at just describing what the game is, which he's already done like three times by that point. <laughs> mm. Um, and then part four, which is a fucking 
play-by-play -play description of everything, of him playing through every single level and what he does and, like, what <laughs> mistakes he makes and, like, jumping on a Goomba, grabbing power-ups, going to such-and-such such world, using such-and-such such item. It is honestly the most tedious experience I think one could possibly have. And basically, I don't know about you guys, but I completely skipped over all of those parts, except oh yeah, this is very helpful in that he breaks out like personal diary logs in like a different colored block. And some of those are really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to give you my impression of the book, uh, I loved it. This was fantastic. <laughs> this is <laughs> one of the most unintentionally hilarious things I think I've ever read. And I'd like to thank another podcast called The Bad Book Club, which is kind of where I got the idea to do this episode. <laughs> but I'm going to have, we're going to have very different things to say about this book because unlike them, I don't give a shit about the typos. I don't really give a shit about the bad editing. In fact, to me, if you read this book, that's what to, you want to read it for. Because yeah. Bob Chipman has a way with words, let's say. And we'll get into it. Let's get things kicked off with page three, the dedications. Okay. Do you have any notes for page three? I definitely do. Uh, uh yeah. I, I suspect that we have a similar comment to make on this one, yeah. Uh, to read through it, this book is dedicated to Shigeru Miyamoto for saving my life more times than he knows. <laughs> Christopher oh, wow. and Catherine Chipman for always being there. Peter and Patricia Chipman for everything. And in loving memory of Evangeline Chipman for setting an example. Uh, so, does anyone notice something wrong with, like, the order of those dedications? Yeah, uh, so uh, Movie Bob is a man with his priorities in order. So the guy who made a, a video game he <laughs> likes where you jump on cartoon turtles, that goes wait not just before his, like, I'm assuming parents, but before his his deceased grandmother. That guy goes at the top, baby. Grandma, you, you, go, you go at the end. And, like, his grandma gets for setting an example, and Shigeru Miyamoto gets for saving my life more times than he knows. I mean, we'll get into this, but I think, like, my primary thesis statement on this book, and what I think that it's actually saying, more so than what he thinks he's trying to say, is that Bob Chipman is a man with some very unhealthy coping mechanisms. Oh yeah, that features oh. heavily in my notes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm fixated on the saved my life more times than he will know. <laughs> like, I, I know, but this is very nitpicky. But right. it's just like, he, he's a celebrity, you know, that lives far away. Why? I don't understand why that is something you would even, uh, you know, underline in your thing. Of course he doesn't know. He's, he's a stranger. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's it's such a weird parasocial like thing yeah. to to start with. That's I don't know. Point. Very very sad. <laughs> Bob is 100% a hundred percent a person who uses it. Japanese honorifics. It's like he calls him like Miyamoto-san to his friends. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So what were you gonna say, Conky? Something mean? Oh, I was gonna say uh, Shigeru Miyamoto walked so Lindsay Ellis could run. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that, that, that. 
All right, so page nine, the introduction. Right off the bat, we're getting into some very questionable writing territory because the very first two sentences of this book are why write a book about Super Mario Brothers 3? I'm going Great to assume. <laughs> I'm going to assume. <laughs> people are always asking me this. I'm walking down the street. People are coming up to me and just asking me, "Hey, Conky, why write a book about Super Mario Brothers 3?" I'm like, "God, I wish someone would answer this." For I just wish I knew. <laughs> I'm going to assume somebody is asking that question. I am, and I'm the one writing the damn thing. Oh, this doesn't bode well. No, no. Right off the bat, you should not start your book with. Why am I writing this? Yeah, I I feel like he thinks he's being like kind of charming and 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 self uh, deprecating, uh, deprecating, deprecating. That's the word. <laughs> but uh, no, it just comes off like he's kind of confused and doesn't know what, why he's doing this. Exactly. <laughs> what did I do on my summer vacation? Well, what didn't I do on my summer vacation? <laughs> <laughs> so this introduction is the worst thing in this whole fucking book. Like, this is about mm. the only part that actually made me angry reading it. So, he starts off by going, Why am I writing this book? I don't know why I'm writing this book. And I'm the one writing it. Please tell me why I'm writing this book. And I'm like, Bob, I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is your if book? you know why Bob Chipman is writing this book, write it in a postcard <laughs> to Bob Chipman, 123 Robbins Lane, uh, Revere, Massachusetts. Feedback from psychologists especially uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so then he goes on to be like, okay, Mario's really iconic. And he's just like, oh, it's like, a character entrenched in the minds of Generation X beyond this Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. Video games were the rock and roll of my generation, an art form that rock came- Rock and in... roll is the rock and roll of your generation. <laughs> <laughs> an art form that came into being and grew in tandem with our own lives embraced by us to the confusion and exasperation of our parents. And though he wasn't the first icon of the form, Mario was figured at the forefront. Our Elvis, or if you prefer, our Beatles. Which probably makes Pac-Man Chuck Berry in this analogy. And what I want to know is, who is the Mark David Chapman of video games? Uh, me. <laughs> I, you, you shot you shot Mario after reading Catcher in the Rye uh, I will I will be shooting Mario after, after this podcast after this recording yeah this is our Catcher in the, this is the Catcher in the Rye of video game. of gaming yeah 100% this like that that whole sentence like sets a tone though that goes throughout the rest of the book, which is like Bob Chipman comparing Mario to like world historic events, where he's he just like can't he can't help but be like you know like Mario was just like D Day. It was it has the same cultural impact. It's just as important. <laughs> no, 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 People spoilers. remember it just as fondly. <laughs> spoilers. Like yeah. that's that's later on. We'll get into that. That's gonna be so <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. funny. This. Uh, I really love him being like, why write a book about Super Mario Brothers 3? Why do an analysis? And then just like the next sentence being the absolute worst analysis and like just super surface level. It's being like, oh, video games are like Elvis. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> reading. Really it gets, worse. Like, it gets yeah. worse in the next sentence. In the next sentence, he's like, in any case, 
If this were to be a book of history or pop iconography, surely it would be more comprehensive and sensible to cover the full breadth of Mario's career. And it's like, then why not? Why didn't you do that? Why did you make a Let's Play in book form? <laughs> All right. And then, then later on in the, the page, he calls Shigeru Miyamoto the iconoclastic creator of Mario. I don't think he knows what iconoclastic means. No, there's no way. He thinks it means iconic, right? Right. But that means like you're you're solo. You're like a rebel. Yeah, it's specifically about like uh, the uh, refuting and even destroying icons. This would be if he was trying to kill Mario, maybe. Did I lose you guys be... or, or are we just in stunned silence here? Oh, I think I'm back. Conky, can you hear us? Are, are you yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, all, right, all, right, all right, good. All right. Thank okay. goodness we can resume. Let's see. Uh, where were we? Oh, you, uh, he called Shigeru Miyamoto uh, iconoclastic, and we all sat in stunned silence for what seemed like hours. <laughs> oh, I, I, was, I was saying that it's funny because I think it means the opposite of what he wants to say, right? Because iconic, an iconoclast is uh, in opposition to icons. Like Mario, which we've established, is the great sort of uh, image of our the, entire culture. The Moloch you know? of video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And then even more dithering on what the fucking point of this this stupid book is is like where's the import where's the story what's the big deal assuming i was able to gather myself after receiving that that withering barrage of queries all at once i might offer that this book isn't precisely a book of history though it will certainly contain its fair share but rather a book primarily of video game criticism which is right. a lie a complete yeah. fucking lie. <laughs> there is no video game crit There is barely any, right? So there may be a little yeah. bit, but like the majority of it is the history of Mario and then a Let's Play. It's kind of like what Kay said earlier in the beginning. Like the closest thing this book actually gets to criticism is just sort of whining about things in the game that annoyed him like oh i had the tanuki suit and then uh i got eaten by a piranha plant and i lost it and i was really upset and so i opened another beer and i resumed playing <laughs> and that's it like that's this is this is the level of criticism that you will find in this book all right yeah. so i want to read to you one of my notes this is one of the most masturbatory paragraphs i have ever read all right let me read it why start with Super Mario Bros. 3 then? It's not exactly crying out for attention. It's one of the best-selling games in the series, and of all time. Already enshrined as an accepted, unassailable classic. Do you intend to challenge that status? Reveal the game as overrated, perhaps? No. Then, again, why? New Super Mario Bros. Wii is more recent. Super Mario Sunshine is more intriguingly flawed of the series. Super Mario Bros. and Donkey Kong are more historically significant. Super Mario Bros. 2 has the most interesting backstory. What, if anything, are you looking to tell us here? Why should we be reading this? When That's a great question. Why the fuck should we be reading this? <laughs> when there are so many tomes of self-help, political fire-breathing, and 12-volume epics of glimmering vampire bow huntresses attending wizard school just a bookshelf, or a swipe across the touchpad, as it were, away. To be honest, oh even I didn't start with the intent to write a book about Super Mario Bros. 3. 
The format of this project took shape before the subject came into focus for me. You see, at least to my knowledge, at the time of writing, there isn't another book exactly like this one. That's and I, the fucking shit. I hope that there hasn't been since. So, he just won't get to the fucking point. In fact, he keeps presenting arguments against why this anus pimple of a book should even <laughs> exist. And he's convincing me that it, it shouldn't. <laughs> exactly. He spends the whole fucking introduction of the book telling you what a terrible idea this book is. I wrote, I wrote in my notes here, did Bob think this was going to be required reading in game design schools? Yes. That's how he's writing this. He's writing this oh my like, God. Um, like, like he's writing this like, this is going to be like, you know, a fundamental text for like game designers everywhere. They're going to read this and they're going to be like, damn, no one ever looked at Mario Brothers 3 like this guy. It's maddening to me, maddening to me, because it, it's clearly he's writing for an audience of one here. But it, it would be so easy to just simply say, I'm writing this book about Super Mario Brothers 3 because I love it and I'm going to use a personal lens because that's the only lens that I have. And, you know, and just do it in three sentences and it's a better pitch for a book, even as poorly written as it is. Because at the very least, like, you can wrap your head around that. But what it sounds to me like this book is a, is a mystery. Yeah. The mystery is figuring out Bob's little noggin as you go through whatever's being written down. <laughs> exactly. Which, 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 yeah. I don't, which I don't know and will know, unfortunately. <laughs> honestly that is to me the only good thing about this book was getting more insight into the unique mind of the creator of the brainland yeah it's uh it's bleak man it, it, it is bleak but also hilarious <laughs> That's true. When it comes to Bob Chipman, I, I think I should give like a little bit of context for people who just started listening to the podcast for some reason. Great point to jump in. Uh, you picked yeah. a hell of a one to get started with. Folks, if this is your first episode, uh, log off, go outside, <laughs> kiss your wife, do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for people who don't know, we have been obsessed with Bob Chipman for a very, very long time. I don't know what it is about Bob, but he is like very easy to get obsessed about because he just posts like these incredibly out of touch things that are so poorly worded that's just like you cannot conceive of why he thought writing that was a good idea and this book is like an an extended version of that I mean, Absolutely. the thing is, too, is that we have to realize is that we are dipping our toes into pretty well-worn territory. I would say Bob is maybe the most trolled person on the Internet and the most yeah. troll focus. And even with all of that, we still feel we have something unique to say because it's so mind-blowing every time we encounter something with bob uh with, i feel compelled i feel compelled to do it <laughs> to, to give an example of some actual movie bob criticism about mario brothers in the first video game overthinker he creates a video essay with the thesis that there is not a problem in with sexism in video games because princess peach exists Oh, and fuck, so, yeah, give me that. Take that into and, the Sarkeesian. <laughs> so, 
I, I just wanted to to share that and to just to let you know where where I'm coming from anyway, hearing this stuff coming. Yeah, so we should probably move things along. Uh, yeah. Here's another thing. That the intro is going to take a while. I'm sorry, guys. But he gets into, like, reviews, video game criticism. It's just, like, boring. But here's something that's interesting. Video reviews, often but not always comedic in nature, became the rage with the dawn of high-speed streaming making unlikely superstars of folks like Ben Yahtzee Crawshaw of Zero Punctuation and James Ralph, a.k.a. the Angry Video Game Nerd. And what I wanted to point out here is that this reminds me of an old, this is like an old filmmaking adage that they reference on Red Letter Media all the time, and that is, don't remind people of better movies inside your crappy, <laughs> your crappy B movie. And I think that yeah. when I read this, I was like, please, God, don't remind me that I could be watching videos from anyone else instead of reading this. <laughs> okay, so page 11. And this is where I came to a, a dark realization about what Bob Chipman was trying to do with this book. I'm inclined to note that the one type of critical attention gaming appears to be most, though not wholly, deficient of is analysis. In particular, deep analysis. Specifically, in film writing, there is such a thing as the shot-by-shot -shot analysis. Why didn't this exist for video games? And if I couldn't find such a oh book... My why not write it myself? <laughs> he is making so <laughs> he is making Mahler a Mahler video in book form. That oh, is that's what, what this is. The value of a shot by shot is that the movie is a consistent thing that you can deconstruct. Playing through a video game moment by moment <laughs> is entirely personal, which is why people don't do it because you're playthrough of Super Mario Brothers 3 is entirely different. You use the warp whistle. It's a whole different context. So narcissistic that you, you can't even <laughs> conceive of the idea that people wouldn't want to hear about your special personal journey through fucking Super Mario 3. This is like, and it's not even like deep analysis sounds like. It's just like explaining it's like one time at, when I was working at the video store, I had somebody who just like, as like a conversational thing, told me a Law and Order episode that he saw. <laughs> uh, like, like in an Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like Charlie, Charlie does it. And that's what I'm having to experience right now, <laughs> absorbing Bob's thoughts. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, that, well, that's I'm entirely accurate. And it's he's trying to do a shot by shot here with no visual aids whatsoever it's entirely exactly. text so it's just like uh i went left and then i went up and then i saw a cloud and i jumped on the cloud and the cloud yeah. gave me a coin and i picked up the coin and it's like it devoid of it any of the context awful. there are such a thing as text-based let's plays famously there's a a let's play of dwarf fortress called boat murdered which honestly went kind of viral in spreading like the popularity of uh, Dwarf Fortress. So it's not unheard of to do something like this, but even in those Let's Plays, they gave you visual aids to sh try and show you what was happening, even in something like Dwarf Fortress, which is nothing but ASCII characters. Yeah. 
Well, that's because the text-based less plays, they're they're just entertainment, right? They tell yeah. a little story from the perspective exactly. of whatever's happening happening. There's not like well, I'm going to tell you the story of boat murder by deeply uh, doing analysis of Dwarf Fortress at the same time. And it's just like, oh, wow, no one's reading my text-based Let's Play. This is dull. I, I will say that it's... none of them did like a, and then I ran over here, and then I got the health pickup. <laughs> the thing is, is that yeah. Bob, what I've noticed from Bob's reading is that he is, he, he is competent at putting words on paper but he is a bad writer because he has zero <laughs> filter as to what is actually entertaining. Oh, I was going to say this entire thing reads like a, like a high school student padding out an essay. Correct. And crack. It's, we're only in the introduction, and it's not a long book, so that it, this is uh, not a good sign. No, no, it's not We're going to be here for 10 years. Uh, and I will be. Uh, we will sit down here and do the whole <laughs> fucking book because I have things to say. I have okay, fucking things to say. <laughs> Let's clear let's, your schedule then. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So all right. here's him trying pontificating about how he picked Mar Super Mario Three. All right. This is after he he basically discusses how he wants to make a Mahler video in book form. <laughs> it would have to be an older game for one, not so much out of nostalgia or sentiment, because an older game would have its stature already secured. Preferably, it should be a popular game, one that a lot of people would have played or at least know of. A work that has affected the culture in a big, visible way simply offers more to write about. It should have a certain degree of variety, if for no other reason than to keep me consistently engaged so that boredom doesn't inappropriately color the analysis. Which I've added a note. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Which game to pick for my book? How shall I decide? What criteria? Ooh, the suspect. We've seen the cover. We know which game you pick. Oh we don't God. fucking care. <laughs> this is one of my notes I wrote when I was fucking mad as hell that I had to read this. This dumb fuck took four pages to convey the single idea of why the book is about Super Mario Brothers 3. Four fucking yeah. pages. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's not a long book, but everything feels like it. It goes on way longer than it has to. It's crazy. Well, that's because Bob has no object permanence, and we'll get into this later, but, like, Bob repeats himself, like, dozens and oh dozens God, of times. Oh, my God, he does. It's so fucking annoying. I'll spoil this now, just for an example, but, like, every mm. single time he mentions the concept of Nintendo Power, he puts in parentheses, which I have a framed copy of over my bed. Like, right. he has a framed copy <laughs> of the first issue of Nintendo Power, and every single time Nintendo Power gets mentioned, which is quite a few times, he has to remind you, by the way, I have a framed copy. The worst thing about this is every time he brings up the fucking Tanuki suit, he's like, oh, by the way, did you know that the Tanuki <laughs> is a fucking animal in Japan that looks like a raccoon, but is actually isn't? I love the Tanuki suit yo did you know super mario Bros. 2 was originally doki doki panic not many people know this oh my god <laughs> this whole this like half of this book is that scene from scott pilgrim versus the world where like scott <laughs> goes up to ramona is like hey did you know that uh pac-man used to be called puck-man but they were afraid that people would scratch out the p and turn it into an f pretty interesting right like th that's, that's this whole fucking book yeah he repeats himself in some weird ways another fun one is that at three separate points he describes an event as the beginning of the end in those oh exact words. Oh my god, words. I had that exact same note. <laughs> yeah. It's just like he keeps, 
like uh, I guess we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but he keeps yeah, fucking saying this is the beginning of the end for Mario, and it's always something different. It's just like what the fuck, and it's never anything that matters. No, it, it like it never affects Mario in the least bit. It, in fact, it just gets more popular, and yeah. it's just like the the apocalyptic writing about Mario in like the eighties is something I really want to get into because it is the it is fucking. I'm really glad that Reese is here, and I'm assuming Reese, you you actually lived through this era. I did. I I perhaps was not paying as close of <laughs> attention uh, to the history of Mario as Bob was at the time, but right. But like Bob Chipman is fucking obsessed with other people liking the same things as him. Yeah. It is like if everyone on the planet isn't as invested as he is in fucking Mario or whatever else fucking shit he want he likes, he panics about it. It's like he's so insecure about just liking something that he needs the validation of having the entire pop culture obsessed with the same thing he is. And it's just like, it doesn't work like that. Pop culture is always changing and shifting and like, it's like a flavor of the month, basically. Yeah. In a in a book about the most broadly popular video game of all time. Yeah. It seems like <laughs> it's insane. We'll get into it. He has a very interesting, specifically when he talks about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh my oh, god! Fuck. Oh yeah! Oh god! I'm so excited oh. for that part. Let's get through this. <laughs> okay, let's, yeah, let's, let's let's get going. All right, page page fourteen. Uh, this is part one. Brief history of Mario. I just want to read this because it's a very bad sentence. By now, the legend of Mario's creation is an old hat to fans, but those who didn't grow up marinating in the game culture stew uh, <laughs> would likely uh, be surprised. I don't want to marinate in Bob's <laughs> game culture stew. <laughs> <laughs> would be surprised at the oh, utilitarian no. simplicity of his origins. And again, he goes on to basically <laughs> describe how, by the way, did you know that they designed Mario because of the limitations of the hardware? And it's like, <laughs> yes, Damn, dude. Everyone fucking knows that, Bob. <laughs> that's yeah. That, like I said, that's all this book is is like him pointing out things that are just obvious to anyone who's ever played a video game. Being like, "Damn, not many people know this." Like, "Yo, did you know uh, Mario used to be Doki Doki Panic?" Like, it, yeah. it's it's all this fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in chapter one now, or sorry, part one. Yeah, he doesn't have chapters; um, he has parts. Yeah, um, and. This whole, ch I'm going to call it a chapter, fuck him. This whole chapter is, it's just a wiki entry for, for Mario. Like, it, go, go and read, like, the, the, uh, the history section or the origin section on, on okay, Mario's you can, Wikipedia page. you can page. say that it's a wiki entry for Mario, but does the Wikipedia page have something like this? Quote, Miyamoto is a living legend, the starry-eyed iconoclast of the video game industry, spoken of by other designers, less like a contemporary, and more like a mysterious sorcerer who deigns to walk among mortals. God. Did he call him an iconoclast again? Like, it, it's been like four and a pages. mysterious sorcerer who deigns to walk among mortals. So he just thinks that iconoclast means he just read the icon part of iconoclast and it was like the word means icon. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, he made a game about like a plumber jumping on turtle men. Let's maybe <laughs> let's maybe go easy on it here. 
Well, I mean, is it explained why he is so special, or is it just like Miyamoto? We all know he's special, right? But he, he's special because he made Mario. That's it. That's why he's yeah. special. <laughs> The like, connection he's special there, because he made given. it cool to be racist against Italians again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so it's so fucking bad that it's amazing. Like, <laughs> like it's a Wikipedia call Miyamoto. Like, say that Miyamoto is like a mysterious sorcerer who danced to walk among mortals. No, <laughs> it doesn't. And you would need a citation for that. So, it's like an, it's like an unmoderated <laughs> Wikipedia article. <laughs> exactly. So, 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 a good Wikipedia article. <laughs> like the like the Silent Hill editor who changed everything to be about circumcision. It's like that kind of Wikipedia article. Yeah. Except it's all about how Miyamoto is a wonderful, beautiful man, and I want him to be my dad. Exactly. Also, he we saved sh my We life. should read the uh, Silent Hill Circumcision Guys book when it comes <laughs> out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so let me give you an example. Let me just read something, and then I have another note. So, simple and arch though it may have been, this would be the first time that a game had tried to engage players through narrative and emotion rather than strictly through competition. So they call him Jumpman at first, but he soon got a new nickname based on his apparent similarity to one Mario Segal, a colorful real estate mogul who was Nintendo of America's warehouse manager at the time. And so, the reason why I read these two sentences, even though they're not really that funny, is that I found this a million times more interesting than what he was fucking trying, what he actually fucking wrote about later. So earlier he says that it would be a better idea to do a history of the character, and I have to say he was a thousand percent correct. This is much more interesting than the shit he writes in, like, part four. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, page 16, I only have one note. This motherfucker called the NES the golden age of video games. <laughs> I like the SNES and like the 16-bit era. Maybe I'm just biased because like I'm a I'm an entitled millennial, and I'm just I look at NES games. And I'm like like every single one of these except for Mario looks like it sucked ass. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Can we get some commentary However, if, for if Reese? Bob ever comes upon this, this is what's going to set him off. That statement right there. I mean, it had a boom. It was a big boom at the time, and if you were a child during that boom, it was before and after the NES, for sure. And I'm sure, you know, it was a special time for me. I'm sure it was a very special time <laughs> for Bob. It just seems weird to me to say that an era in which I would argue, like, pretty much all the good NES games were first-party Nintendo titles. I'm sure there were, like, a few others, but, like, you try and go back and play, like, an NES game now and, like, some of them just don't even work. I mean, that's the entire fucking premise of the angry video game nerd, is that there were a ton of shitty NES games. Yeah. But it's like that, but the, the, the cultural shift away from, like, it's only Pac-Man and arcades to becoming more, mm. like, involved in everyday life in, in a very kind of, like, broad, like, industrial social way. So uh, there's no critical analysis from Bob. He was just like, this was a, a big moment in games, and it was never the same again. So, of course, it was the golden age. From someone else, I might be more forgiving from, from Bob. I have no forgiveness. <laughs> like, maybe if I... they argued that it was because th this is this when sort of gaming was brought into the household then. 
Yeah, I mean, it, as a toy. There was the Atari, the Atari before that. Like, like gaming had already been in the household even before the NES. This was just like the next thing that kind of broke through after the video game crash. It's not like the concept of like a home console was like revolutionary. It was just like yeah, an no, Atari, right. but yeah, with yeah. more power. Yeah, Nintendo yeah. managed to bring it back by having like stricter quality control on the titles they released. And even then, like a good 80% mm. of NES games were hot ass. <laughs> um, I want to take this time to shout out one particular game I've been playing with my brother-in-law recently, uh, Guerrilla War, if you've ever played it, in which you, uh, I'm not joking, uh, imagine Metal Slug, but you're playing as Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and liberating Cuba, that's the actual plot of Guerrilla War. It's a oh, great yeah, I've heard of that. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, I think I remember that. <laughs> there was like a whitewashed version for a western release right <laughs> yeah where you're just like unseating a king whereas in the japanese release it's released it's literally the batistas it's Hell great yeah <laughs> all oh that my God. owns <laughs> all right so i don't have any more notes until page 22 does anyone have anything oh um, i just wanted to highlight real quick um there are like subheadings in the chapter and uh on page 18 i just wanted to to highlight that one of the subheadings is life in wartime <laughs> And that's really indicative of how he's going to be talking about Mario going forward. Um, yeah. My only note in here is um, Bob describes his life in terms of pre and post NES, like some sort of monumental earth shattering event like 9-11. And I just have to say that I also agree that Bob getting an NES was a lot like 9-11. <laughs> no, that's not till later. That's not till oh. page. That's not till spoilers. That's in page 33. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so I my only note on page twenty two is Bob cooms himself about Mario games, which I can uh, maybe I can read through. It's not honestly that interesting. It's mostly just him being like, "Oh my God, as of writing, Nintendo is preparing to launch the Wii U, a successor to the console <laughs> <laughs> to the original Wii, one of the prime games already slated to be among the premier titles. The Super Mario Brothers U, the console will officially kick off the generation of home." If this had been written Wait, after Mario Odyssey, he would have just fucking coomed himself about it so hard. <laughs> Movie Bob uh, padding out his book by uh, just copy pasting E3 press releases. <laughs> All right, here's what I here's what I wanted to read out to you guys: the console that will officially kick off the next generation of home gaming will have as its first big showcase a Mario game executed in the classic Mario style. After all these years, he still looms that large. Impressive, considering how humbly he began. Incredible, considering how humbly I came to meet him. Ellipses. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what um, in, in regards to this whole section where he's, like, describing, like, the console war between, like, Sega and Nintendo and, like... Like, I just have this note, which is, this book is about the last time Bob was ever happy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. What's the next note? Um, <laughs> page 26. Mario and I were born, quote unquote, the same year. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> 1981. <laughs> I'm about five and a half months older. <laughs> so we're, we're getting into chapter two now, which is um, mm. Things are going to get beautiful and heated here. And this, this is where we, we get a, a terrifying look into Bob's psyche. But also, it's crazy how much this chapter is about him. Like, I wasn't expecting it coming in, no. how autobiographical this would be. But, like, this, we're, yeah. we're about to learn a lot about this man. 
Part two is the most interesting part of the entire book. If you could, mm -hmm. you could cut out part one and you could cut out part three and just read part two, and I think you might actually find it interesting. <laughs> as long yeah. as you've got the right frame of mind to read it, which is, uh, this is incredibly Embrace funny. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my first note is on page twenty-seven. Let's he talks go. about his friend the first time he saw an NES. He was captivated immediately. I had never seen a, a video game, at home or otherwise, look like this instead of the usual black background populated by conflicting neon shapes. Here was a bright blue sky with puffy white clouds over rich brown earth and green bushes. The creatures were identifiable with eyes and feet and movement. The bricks looked like bricks. The castles looked like castles. And there was Mario. Chubby, clad in unassuming overalls and his preposterous mustache, looking for all the world like no hero of anything else I'd ever seen. Um, I'd never been so horny in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah, and so then he ch talks about how he want, tried to convince his parents to get the game, and this is something I noted in that uh, this is my first bit of evidence that Bob Chipman is not from the Brainland. Uh, quote, <laughs> well, I was not the easiest child in the world to be raising at the time. I was, quote, bad at school. Mainly, I acted out in class, sassed my teachers, zoned out into daydreams, and turned in a lot of poor work. I wasn't, quote, good at much of anything at school related than, other than drawing and creative writing. So it wasn't as though I was in for some kind of attaboy reward that the NES would fill. So, so uh, Bob, are you are you getting in your own eugenics chamber or what? <laughs> this this uh, I I have a note later on uh, in one of the diary entries. Bob literally apologizes for drinking a PBR. Like it's like I popped a PBR. I know, sorry. And it's like this like he's from Revere. Revere's like a working class neighborhood, right? Like but he wants to be seen as a coastal elite. He wants to be seen as like, you know, like one of the blue check elites who look down on like all the dipshit rubes, but he can't square the fact that he's from this like working class background. And and so there's like a lot of like self-hatred that goes on there, I feel like. And I think that that's what drives a lot of his neuroses. Yeah. absolutely i mean just listen oh. to him like you can hear when you hear him talk like this guy's not fucking bourgeois i i want a, a slightly more robust picture beyond just the notes of of chapter two is he just like in in the beginning bob was born mm -hmm. and so was mario <laughs> <laughs> um is he like just telling us the story of his of his childhood yeah i mean basically yeah, you know, uh, in the beginning was the Mario, and then there was the Bob and the face of Miyamoto moved across the waters, and he separated the light from dark and uh, created day and night. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're getting a, a big look into his childhood, so he's telling us myth. about... Yeah, he's telling us about the creation myth, <laughs> and then equally important, he's telling us about sort of how he did in school, uh, but, but he's... Uh, for the most part, connecting it all to Nintendo and and to Mario in some way is is Bob a, a troubled does have a troubled home or is he just like I was bad at school and no Mario he has a there. normal home he has like two loving parents that care for him he's fine he has a normal home but this is a troubled kid all right <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's apparently on very good terms with like his his brother who I found out as a mechanical engineer which is distressing to me 
<laughs> He's one of your peers. As another, Holden. as an, as a fellow STEM lord. That was the guy who tried to get Jack Allison fired from his own uh, Twitch show. Wait, really? What? Oh my god! You're kidding. But uh, yeah, they were talking shit about him on Struggle Session, and uh, a uh, Bob Chipman's brother emailed Jack Allison's like the contact he had on his Twitter page or whatever. And Jack Allison for like a day, like pretended that he had been fired. Because of I remember that. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, rules. And then they tried to be like, Oh, I can't believe someone would be so dishonest to <laughs> pretend they were fired. Oh my God. So I, I guess to, to answer Reese's question and to give the audience a more thorough overview of what's going on in this chapter, He's still talking about, like, the history of Mario games, sort of like the arcade games, and how that, uh, you know, Donkey Kong machine had, like, exploded in popularity. You remember, he's talking... <laughs> what? I'm just, I'm laughing at the idea of, the, like, Bob doing a history of Mario, and he's just like, <laughs> Mario, 1981. Bob, I was born, like, just yeah. at the point on but the history. It's like how it relates to him specifically. So he's talking about his childhood. He's saying how he remembers Mr. Rogers demonstrating how the arcade cabinets worked. And then he's, like, talking about the fucking uh, Donkey Kong cartoon show. He mm -hmm. talks about, like, home gaming. And th this is, like, him talking about what he was into when he was growing up. He was like, yeah, the marketing blitz of the Nintendo Entertainment System didn't really intrigue me. Advertisers hadn't really figured out how to translate the fun of game playing through commercials yet. Early NES ads focused on the system's more explicitly toy-like features like ROB, or Rob, that toy robot ostensibly served as a second player in some games, but in reality it was Nintendo's bid to make toy stores feel more at ease stocking their products, and the Zapper light gun. Well, I ha already had toy robots, Optimus Prime was much cooler than Rob. And I had seen other toys purporting to interface with TVs that didn't look like that much fun to me. So it, it is, this is where he gets into his autobiographical stage. So he's talking about his mm. childhood. As I said, he, the first, he talks about the first time he saw an NES and creamed himself at his like friend's house. <laughs> and then he says, uh, before I watched him play gladly, what seemed like uh, forever. It was probably more like 20 minutes before I was offered to turn myself. I was terrible at it, dying repeatedly, but I was also transfixed. This miraculous machine, to my eyes, projected a cartoon that you could control onto a TV. And there were even more of them than this? Ones that looked, according to my friend, even cooler? With soldiers and bombs and cars and all manner of things? And so it's sort of like, it is very much a, a memoir of his childhood growing up. And I think that it is the most interesting segment of this terrible book. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just wanted to read that specific excerpt because he talks about how... The thing is, is that Bob Chipman, for people who's not, who are not aware of his Twitter activity, is constantly calling for, like, red states to be uh, purged. Yeah. Like, because they voted for Trump, which is, you know, a, a very ignorant stance considering... You know, you're not even taking into account how, like, gerrymandered a lot of those Republican states are. Yeah. No, it, but, like, Bob's Twitter account is, like, you know, two-thirds, like, if you don't like Black Panther, you're a racist. And then, like, one-third, like, I think we should legalize the most dangerous game, but only in states that voted for Trump. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's his brand. Mm-hmm. It sucks, it. Bob. I know you're listening, Bob. And, and so, <laughs> cut it out. The re- only reason why it's worth bringing up that he did terribly in school is because the guy is seemingly obsessed with intelligence, quote unquote, as like a quantifiable thing that he thinks that <laughs> entire states should be subjected to eugenics to improve people's <laughs> IQ and shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, he's had whole screeds about how being stupid is, like, inherent. You're not going to fix these people. So, you know, fill in the blanks, wink, wink. Exactly. And, like, he he just tells us that he was good at nothing but drawing pictures and creative writing. And I've, I'm reading some of his writing right now, and it's <laughs> fucking terrible. So I don't know <laughs> if maybe that's just relative. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, let's 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 continue on. I have some thoughts on the the nature of Bob's soul as well, but I would like to continue. I just I just want to point out we're on page twenty nine. Uh, he reminds us once again that uh, SMB two is Doki Doki Panic, and if you're playing along at home, <laughs> uh, if you're playing the Doki Doki Panic drinking game, uh, take a shot every time Bob reminds you that Super Mario Brothers two is Doki Doki Panic. <laughs> oh, I'm <great>. already drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way of playing it. It's like, uh, take a shot anytime he mentions Doki Doki Panic. Take a shot anytime he reminds you of the origin of the fucking Tanuki suit. Like, take a shot every time he tells you this is the beginning of the end. Take a shot anytime he reminds you that he's got a framed copy of Nintendo Power Issue 1 over his bed. Exactly. Over his race car bed that he still sleeps in. Alright, so page 30. Beyond Borders. Wow. Anarchist bub. however ubiquitous mario and games in general were to my generation my generation quote unquote were children and children don't run the culture so when some sliver of culture featured one of your game heroes as a show movie comic etc you almost had to snap it up not knowing where the next fix quote unquote was going to come from and this is him talking about Mario's Super Show, like that li- combination live-action cartoon, where it's just like Captain Lou Albano and Danny Wells. I, I remember. Yep. Zelda on Fridays. He's talking about it like it's a fucking drug. Um, and then later down on the page he says, I found a small, sturdy figurine of Mario holding up one of the vegetables from SMB2 in a tiny outlet while vacationing in New Hampshire and wound up carrying him in my pocket for the, the rest of the way through grade school as a good luck totem, which I very much needed. Which is one of, another one of those kind of funny, pathetic, and sad at all the same time moments. I mean, uh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to begrudge him that because I had like a little Lego robot that I kept in my pocket too. So I, I, I must oh. defend Bob in the like, <laughs> that's, just, that's just little kids being little kids. I, right. Bob, if you're listening, I don't begrudge you this one thing. Yeah, I don't begrudge Bob being a child, and I don't begrudge him writing about his childhood. It's stuff like how he, as an adult, is celebrating the homogenization of culture. He was just like, when you're a child, and they stop doing other things, and Mario is just everywhere and everything, you know, with dog shit TV shows and shitty statuettes, you know, that's great for a child. <laughs> like, I, I, I had... Uh, plenty of Mario shit, um, and I a couple years ago when I moved back to North Carolina, I went through all my old childhood shit, tons of Super Mario shit. It was all poorly made. It was it was capitalist junk. It was shit. So it's so funny to me to have Bob like worship this 
as like it's like a beautiful, well-made objects, the art. What do you say your next note was? Okay, was it page 32? Uh, 31, I've got a couple of notes that in fact directly connect to um, Bob's childhood uh, that we've been talking about. All right, so this is where we really start getting into the substance of, of the darkness, the dark heart of Bobbert, as I like mm. to call it. So there's two sections on this page that really stand out to me. Uh, one, uh, I'm just going to read it. Uh, I was quite emphatically a nerd in every sense of the words, save for academic excellence, but was still too weird and bookish to be accepted by most of my peers. Instead of dealing with this in some kind of mature fashion, I made one bad decision after another, including the classic asshole move of trying to endear myself to the cool kids by trying to join the name-calling and belittling of the other uncool kids. So, yeah, dick move, but it happens. But what he says Seems next... Seems like something he never grew out of, to be honest. Totally. But, but what he says next will stick with me forever. He says, a part of me will probably hate myself for that until my dying day. Um, wow. And, and to me, this speaks to the, the, the sort of the dark undercurrent of a lot of this, where, like, this guy is really still like present in his own childhood like this isn't stupid shit that happened in the past when he was a kid who would care about that this is like no i have self-loathing because of my child actions um in a way that again bob if you're listening you're not supposed to at your age this should be a joke to you you give yourself see somebody about this dude i called kevin from third grade a stick face and it haunts me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering that he grew up in Massachusetts as well, which I assume must have been, you know, Battle Royale for a child growing up. <laughs> it was, can confirm. <laughs> what was the second um, part that you wanted to talk about? I'm assuming it's the fact that he went to a Catholic school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this guy has like hardcore Catholic school survivor's <laughs> guilt. This guy's like the liberal Rod Dreher. <laughs> Uh, that explains I, so much. He needs to have that on his profile instead of a blue check mark, <laughs> just like a blue uh, Catholic cross to let me know he's got something wrong with him. Yeah, this this guy is so Catholic school. It's not even fucking funny. But the thing I wanted to highlight uh, next was actually when he talks about. Um, he says, "I uh, they tried therapy." but I developed an unhelpful hobby of reading about child psychiatry techniques. Yeah, right. Of all the and things that happened, this happened the least. Yeah, totally. And then either purposefully subverting them or smugly informing the therapist that I knew why he was doing what he was doing. Oh my God, I had that same note. And it's just like, oh my God, Bob, <laughs> I wish to God you had not tried to subvert your childhood <laughs> therapist. They were just trying to help you, Bob. I love that. Well, see, this is great because the, he remembers this as him being like an epic big brain and like styling on his therapist. Um, <laughs> Feeding the therapist I, with facts and logic. De defeating, I, defeating your child therapist in a battle of wits. <laughs> Doing home alone shit to your child therapist, like swinging paint cans down and hitting him in the face. <laughs> but like, what, what actually must have happened from the you know the adult therapist's perspective is this little kid was just being like no i see what you're doing you're trying to get me to talk about my feelings this is a a classic therapy maneuver and just being like yeah yeah kid <laughs> that's what we're doing here 
Can you try trying to help you? You, you got it. Yeah. Figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the from the from the adult uh, perspective, it's just the child therapist being like, "I'm I'm sorry, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Movie Bob. We cannot help your child. He is too annoying. He's too smart." He's, too, he's figured out all our techniques. Yeah. He's too epic. <laughs> he's too smart. He truly is. He truly is too epic. He's too epic. I mean, he's too epic for me in his mind, and that's the only place where I cannot touch him. Oh this, my is God. A, this is a Rick and Morty <laughs> tier child right here. <laughs> this, this is movie pop. I'm sorry, but your son's turned himself into a fucking pickle. <laughs> oh, I developed an unhealthy hobby of turning myself into a pickle. <laughs> it's literally it's literally that fucking episode though, like Holy it's, shit. It's, it is! Oh my <laughs> god. Because he's trying to avoid going to counseling. <laughs> it's incredible how much he narrativizes uh, like his childhood where he's like you know he's not popular he doesn't act like he was a chad right. you know but like he he's he has these little things he needs to hang on to it's like no i was really smart really and i was bad oh in God. school but like i could talk circles around my therapist all right i knew like he has to have that little something to save like face i guess i don't know what's happening <laughs> He has it's 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 never any like intelligence applied to anything that will get him anything or like produce any results. Nor is it something where he's just like this is just who I am. I I'm accepting myself. Uh, blah blah blah. It's him being like I am a genius, and there is no evidence <laughs> that this is the case. And I have to give him credit. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get too armchair psychologist with this guy, but like, you know, I've met people like this before that will tell you like, you know, you know, when I was 11, you know, I took a, an IQ test and I, you know, had 149 IQ and, you know, they invited me to Mensa and I turned them down because I thought they were too stupid. And like, you know, I've known people like that. And number one, they're all liars. And number two, like they're all narcissists. And I'm not trying to say that Bob is a liar and a narcissist. I'm just saying connect mm. the dots, folks. Yeah, but please don't try to be an arm uh, armchair psychologist because he will subvert no. your methods, as we've established. <laughs> he will fucking he will meet you in the arena of facts and reason, and he will destroy you. There will be nothing Join left me in the movie Bob Dungeon, Mister Chapman. <laughs> there will be nothing left of you once he destroys you with his knowledge of child psychiatry techniques. He'll turn and, you into and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh my yeah, fucking that, god. That was all I had for this page, so go off. Alright, so th this uh. is Um, we're at one hour seventeen minutes. With 30 we're on page pages. thirty-one. <laughs> well, isn't it seems like it's front loaded, this whole experience. It, it very much also. is, and I think we only need one more part to to finish this up. But I'm thinking, guys, how about we go ahead and take a break? This will be part one. Uh, we get some water, get like, uh, rest our voices a little bit. We'll come back. We start after page 31 and we try and finish this up. How's that sound? Okay, uh, right. uh, how, how long's the break? Uh, let's go like uh, 10, 15 minutes, however long you guys need. 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Let's say 10 minutes. I'll so get we'll meet, some water. We'll be back here in 10 minutes with some water. All right. Yeah. See you guys. See you everyone in part two.
Super Mario Land. Check this out. 